0: My name is Mary Martin, and I'm a director of an apostolate called Unleash the Gospel at Work. Our mission is to help women and men joyfully live their faith and witness to Christ and the gospel in the workplace. The purpose of the Unleash the Gospel at Work Innovation podcast is to invite leaders from around the country to share their story about how they found innovative ways to share their faith in the workplace. Today we are blessed to have Deacon Mike Houghton, the CEO of Unleash the Gospel at Work, with us on our very first podcast. Hi, Deacon Mike.
1: Hello, Mary. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, we are we are very excited to get everything rolling. Um, but we want to do first is just take a minute and um, and pray. Just ask the Lord to uh, open our minds and our hearts. So let's do that. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this time, this opportunity to come before you, and we just ask that your Holy Spirit come and guide this conversation, that it would be fruitful, inspiring. It would lead everyone who hears it, um, gives them the desire to uh, take one more step to share their faith at work, wherever that might be, Lord. You know the people who need to meet jesus today through each one of us and our witness to the gospel we ask all of this in jesus name amen amen all righty well welcome deacon mike
1: thank you Um, good to be here
0: great i have a formal um introduction here that tells me about your career it looks like you were an executive at gm for 35 years You're married to the lovely Anita and have three young adult children. Um, All of this is really exciting and wonderful. I'm wondering if you can tell me just a little bit about yourself, about your own spiritual journey, maybe time when uh, your relationship with Christ deepened or changed in some significant way.
1: Happy to do that. Yeah, I did spend um, quite a bit of time at GM, and I and I enjoyed it. It was it was a good career. I had fun with that. I certainly love being a, a husband and a father. That's uh, the joy of my life at this point. And I um, I relish the opportunity to to be dad. I can't tell you how much that means to me. Regarding my um, you know my faith life and where I came into sort of where we are today, um, I'm a cradle Catholic. Um, my parents were were great Catholic parents. They raised us in the faith. They put me through the catechism programs and we went through all of our sacraments and did everything that we that we needed to do to get our sacraments of initiation and to be fully part of the church. Somewhere along, somewhere along the way in, in high school, I just felt that um, there was a calling for more. Not sure I understood what that calling was, but I just felt there was a, a need for me to do something more. And so I talked to my mom about it. And she said, well, um, maybe God wants you to be a priest. So she took me to go see our pastor at the time, St. Sylvester Church in Warren, and uh, Father Fred Schweighofer was there, and, and we chatted for a little bit. And he told me about the priesthood and what it meant, and and what it what it enabled, and, and what it required of me as an individual. And, and to be honest with you, right then and there, I said that that's not what I want. I, I I feel a call for something more, but but that's not it. And so we talked some more, and eventually he said, "Have, have you ever heard of the diaconate?" And I said, uh, "No." I knew nothing about it at that point. So he said, Let me send you down to Sacred Heart Seminary to meet with some people to talk about uh, the the diaconate. So we did. We made an appointment. My mom took me down there a couple of weeks later. I met with the admissions coordinator and we talked about what, what a deacon is and what it required to uh, what is required to be a deacon and it just it just hit me. Right then and there I said, That's it. That's what I want to do. Um, I don't know why it hit me. I don't know why it, it just sort of resonated with me, but I said, yeah, that that's the calling that God has for me. And so um, my faith was sort of a, a slow burn kind of thing. It wasn't something that I just hmm, kind of had that moment, that born-again moment that we hear about from other people. I, I was a, a Catholic from the very beginning, but I, I grew into grew into my faith as time went on, and as I began to study more and more about the, the diaconate, um, I learned more and more what it meant to be a true disciple. I will be candid though, my my relationship with the Lord was not as strong as it is today, even going into my ordination. Uh, and I think I think a number of my brother the deacons might say the same thing if, if they were if they were willing to be a little vulnerable. We we come at this with a certain amount of training and formation. That brings us to a point But when you begin to really minister to people, begin to really see the Lord at work, it it changes who you are, it changes your your understanding of what ministry is, and and it changes your understanding of what a calling is. And so um, I have continued to grow significantly in my understanding of the faith ever since ordination. And uh, I don't mind saying, Mary, that you were a big part of helping me to grow in my faith, helping me to learn how to pray better over the last four years that I've known you as well. So I thank you for that.
0: It's a great pleasure for all of us to really work together over this time. So, so tell me a little bit about. So that's your call, and and you're right. Not everybody has this, uh, you know, Paul moment, knocked down, drag out. Some of us are, are much more Peter people, right? We have this conversion over time, which is beautiful. The Lord works in His own way. Um, what gave you? So knowing that you had this um, this bigger call to the diaconate, but really this this uh, relationship with Jesus that was much more um, personal and relatable, what gave you the courage to start to actually share your faith at work? Like, tell me a little bit about how that began. Because some of us, you know, even listening are thinking, well, oh, that's great, but how do we get started? I, I don't know. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, early in my time with GM, I think I probably didn't share the faith. I think I was like um, most people, I'll say most Catholics, you know, we're trained to be modest, to keep our faith to ourselves. And I did. Um, Now that's not to say that I didn't know and speak with other Catholics and other Christians in the workplace. We had our conversations. But as far as me going out and doing any sort of true evangelization, I I would say I probably didn't. But as I got into uh, formation for the diaconate. I started to read a number of encyclicals, it was part of our required reading, and what I realized with these encyclicals were speaking to things that very much applied to me at work. In my job as a manager, as a leader at GM, I could take some of these things that I was learning through encyclicals and apply them the very next day. And I thought, well, this makes some sense, and if I can do that, then maybe I ought to be thinking more about what does it mean to evangelize at work? How can I take this message forward? so, as, as we move forward, I began to sort of capture some of these ideas and, and, and write them down and say, all right, this is good stuff that I can use in my job as a manager and a leader at GM, and began to utilize some of it. And this led to, um, after ordination, some discussion with a brother deacon of mine by the name of Deacon John Manera. Deacon John and I were ordained together in 2012, and he also had a desire to talk about evangelizing and sh- displaying your faith in the workplace. So we started a, a ministry called God's Work. And we did workshops at his parish and at my parish i think we did a total of four if i'm not mistaken where we talked about what does it mean to evangelize at work what does it mean to live your faith at work what's the best way to do it and um, we started to really learn from that and talk to other people about how they do it at work and what we realized with is that there's a need there's absolutely a need for this so many of us catholics so many of us catholics and christians feel like we have to keep quiet at work, like we have to keep our faith to ourselves. And that's really not what Jesus intended when he talked about going and making disciples of all nations. So we began to see there's there's some good to this. What really kind of triggered it for me, though, was um, in my last job with GM, I was in a group called Manufacturing Strategy and Planning. And what we would do is we would um, we would take a new car program, new truck program, and we would say, where's the, place, the best place to build it to maximize our return as a company? based on all the different parameters we had, and um, we would do analyses. We would say, well, maybe this plant, or that plant, or that plant, or this country, or that country, or that country. We'd do financial analyses, and then we'd go back to senior leadership, and we would say, well, here's what we sk- here's what we found out. This is probably the best solution, that sort of thing. Well, in those presentations, what I found was, um, and just sheer coincidence, that if the presentation was done and I was displaying my screen up there in PowerPoint, as soon as I hit escape, it would go back to my screen saver. And I thought, now there's an opportunity. I can do something with that. So I changed the background on my computer to be uh, a screensaver of rolling pictures. I had a picture of uh, the cathedral in Detroit. I had a picture of the Vatican. I actually uh, had the great opportunity to serve at mass with Pope Francis as deacon. I had a picture of he and I exchanging the sign of peace. I put those on my computer and scrolled them as my background. So I would go into these meetings and I made it a point of intentionally finishing a presentation and hitting escape, and the screensaver would pop up. And I didn't know which one it was going to be, but I can't tell you how much conversation that drove. It was sort of a, a stealth way of evangelizing because someone would stop and say, hey, wait a minute. Is, what's that building? Oh, well, that's, that's the cathedral. It's in downtown Detroit. Have you ever been there? No, I haven't. You should check it out. You know, it's on Woodward. Or, or uh, my favorite one was they'd go, is that you and the pope? Yeah, it was. I served Mass with the Pope. That opened up so many doors for conversations with people who I would have never known were Christians or Catholics, but it just was a, a fantastic tool that I never expected. I sort of fell into, and it's worked, it worked very, very well. So as I probably reached the last five years of my career, I realized that, yeah, evangelization in the workplace most definitely can be done, and I found other ways of going about it as well.
0: Beautiful and very inspiring, you know, just having that one or two ideas. It's like, oh, I never thought about that, I, you know. Um, so that's wonderful. That's, uh, that's great. And it sounds like, you know, you and Deacon John had this, you know, inspiration together to try to do these workshops, which was wonderful. Was there anyone else, because sometimes I think as Christians or Catholics in the workplace, we we feel isolated like we're all on our own there's no one else i just it reminds me of you know the first early christians you know when they would like put that fish in the dirt to like know that they they were someone they could talk to or they were a person of faith did you find that were there other people that came alongside you as well
1: There were, but only after I opened up to them and made them aware of the fact that I was a Christian and a Catholic, that's what would open the door. Once that initial contact was made, other people would come forward and say things. You know, I I was speaking to um, one of the people who is now a member of UTG at Work who was telling me that in his experience – he was asked to give a uh, presentation at a get to know you meeting of all the people that they worked with his I think it was a newly formed department or something like that a training session whatever and they all had to say a couple things about themselves that to, to told people a little bit about who they were and his very first line was I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ and uh, people sort of raised their eyebrows and thought well that's interesting what he told me though was after the fact there were absolutely no complaints it drove some discussion during the meeting very little but when the meeting was done, he found all sorts of friends out there who came to him afterwards and said, I'm a disciple too. Let's talk. And and that's sort of the interesting thing. There are so many Catholics and Christians in the workplace who want to share their faith who don't realize that they can. And, and, and they feel like they have to keep quiet about it. And yet the reality is, what, 60% or more of Americans identify as Christians. So if we're all out there, why are we afraid to talk? We, we need to open the door. And so that was my experience. When I opened the door to others, they would then begin to share their faith and then we would form a camaraderie that that stuck for years. Um, One thing I wish I would have done and didn't do was to form some small groups to do some Bible study. I know a friend of mine in uh, GM Power Train did an Alpha session at work. You can do these things. I I never did, I'll be honest. I'll just flat out admit I didn't do it. I wish I would have, um, but it's a great way to go. And in fact, we have um, now at UTG at Work a video series on evangelizing at work where people can do just that. They can go to our website, pull up that series. It's an eight part series. Uh, Each of the videos is very, very short. They can sit down with a group of people at work, before work, after work, even during lunch, because the videos are three or four minutes long with some questions that follow, and talk about what are the principles of evangelizing at work and how can they go do it. So um, you know, there are a lot of things we look back on and say, I I wish I would have done it better. Uh, This is one that I I wish I would have formed some small groups when I was at GM, but I know that people today can, and we've got tools on our website that will help them to get that started.
0: I always think sometimes that's just you know, the Holy Spirit moving us in perfect timing, right? If you wouldn't have had that, uh, these small episodes, these small situations, and then you look back and think, oh, man, I could have done that. That really is, you know, part of these uh, evangelizing videos. So, you know, it's part of our story.
1: And it's an important principle for everyone to keep in mind, because we're all at different stages of life. Everyone listening to this podcast has got something they look back and say, I wish I would have done that differently. I do too. It's okay. The the good news is that, you know, um, whether the owner of the vineyard comes out at nine in the morning or noon or three, everybody's getting paid at the end of the day. Just keep it rolling and don't lose focus.
0: That's right. That's great. So um, can you give us an example? So you've already given a few. Can you give us an example of a time when, uh, you know, you, you really did Evangelize or really connect with someone. Maybe it was a group, maybe it was an individual, and you know, just encourage our listeners, encourage me and our listeners, to to have a little bit of faith and try something. So, can you relate a story uh, that happened?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would first of all say, if you're going to try something, start small. You know, don't try to do something big right off the bat. Um, and the best way to get started and, and frankly, the, the best way to go about any evangelizing is to get to know someone, to get to know them on a personal basis. So there was a fellow that I worked with for probably about four or five years. Um, I knew him well. We spent a lot of time on projects. We, we got along very well. But I knew little to nothing about his faith. The only thing I knew was that he was not a churchgoer. That that was the extent of my knowledge. Um, His wife had a very unfortunate accident. She um, fell, and she had a a head injury, and the head injury was a long-term issue for her. She lost a lot of her cognitive abilities. She would lose her memory a lot. She struggled with some of the basic things, and so he ended up being responsible for raising their three daughters and taking care of things at home, and and it was a a very, very difficult situation. Well... um, I'm a big believer in the rosary and so I brought a rosary to work and I I pulled him aside one day and one on one, just the two of us, and I said, I want to give you this rosary. Now, I don't know if you're a man of faith and I certainly don't know if your wife is or not a person of faith, but frankly, It doesn't matter you need to know that a rosary is something that's important to me and that i have been praying for you and your wife for some time now since she was injured and i want her to know that people care about them and that and that that at least i am praying for for her so i said if you don't mind giving this to her he said no 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 i'll I'll be happy to do that so the next day he came back to work and he said hey you you know the rosary you gave me and i said yeah he said well i gave it to my wife and he said something happened that really surprised me He said, she looked at the rosary and said, you know, when I was a little girl, I used to pray the rosary with my grandmother all the time, but I got out of the habit years ago. And she said, recently, since my injury, I've been thinking maybe I should get back into praying the rosary again. So when you gave me that rosary, I viewed it as a sign that you know I better do it. And so she started praying the rosary again. So that's an example of where you know we just kind of we scatter the seed, right? We don't know where it's going to fall. We hope for the best. We trust in the Lord that He's going to do the right things. Um, I don't believe that either of them were Catholic, um, but obviously she did pray the rosary, and obviously it meant a lot to them. And and that's something that frankly helped he and i bond in a much stronger way for the few years that remained in my career at gm we we were much closer after that
0: mm-hmm. and what a beautiful way to you know just pray right you prayed and thought okay lord what what is it in this situation and not that every single one of us and maybe some of us do have medals or rosaries that we give out but you know, what is the one particular thing I can do? Not the 5,000 things, just the one thing that will make impact. And uh, that's yeah. great.
1: Yeah. You know, I've heard it said that Solanus Casey was a guy who whoever he was with that was the most important in the world at that moment. And I think that's a good way to approach evangelization. You know, we, we meet people, they need to know that we care about them, we need to have a relationship with them in some capacity. And then we can open up and say, you know it's because of my concern for you it's because i care for you that i want to share this element of my faith or this aspect of my faith because it brings comfort to me it doesn't mean standing on a soapbox in the hallway and preaching that's not what evangelizing at work is about in fact you probably get fired if you do that and we don't we don't recommend that at UTG. No, <laughs> but we do realize that there's a lot of us out there and um, and using it using the relationships that we have with one another we can establish wonderful opportunities to move forward in the faith
0: that's beautiful. It sounds like you've had uh, you know, lots of opportunity in your, in your career and uh, your life as a deacon and as a, a husband and a dad. What would you say uh, you're most grateful for? Before you answer that, that gratitude is um, one of the six good habits that the Archbishop outlined in Unleash the Gospel. And so Unleash the Gospel at work, we actually cover those six and really try to help people live them. And one of them is having an attitude of gratitude. So I just would ask you, you know, what are you grateful for? What do you, if you you had to put it into words?
1: So one of the things I learned in my own prayer life a while ago was I need to be more grateful for what I have rather than ungrateful for what I don't. I think I have a tendency, and I suspect many of us do too, to have 10 good things and one bad, and we look at the one bad and say, why that? can't, why can't that be better? Well, you know, I'm preaching a little bit here, and I apologize for that, Mary, but I am a deacon. <laughs> we we got to be careful and always focus on the gratitude to God for what we do have. So every every day I wake up and I give thanks for my family, for my wife, Anita, of 37 years now. We have three wonderful children. They're very successful. We're very proud of all of them. Don't have any grandkids yet, but we're hoping, you know, I, I'm not, if they're <laughs> listening to this podcast, think about it. But anyway, um, and my daughter married about a year ago. She has uh, married a wonderful man. Our son-in-law is a great guy. My son is getting married uh, in November and we love our future daughter-in-law. My son has a, my third son, uh, third child is a second son, has a uh, wonderful girlfriend. You know it's one of those things that you you just wake up and say wow it's so great to see your family doing well Um, i heard it said one time and i agree with this you are only as happy as your least happy child and uh, right now all my kids are happy and that makes it a whole lot easier on my wife and i and that's a good thing so that's that's number one i'm also um, very happy and grateful for this ministry of utg at work um For so many years I thought about this as something that could happen and I believed in my heart that it should happen and now that we're up and running uh, as I talk to people I realize it's not just me. It wasn't a pipe dream. It wasn't something that um, that I thought but no one else did. Everyone I talk to says hey this makes sense. I agree. We're really trying hard to take that very positive message to say, let's move forward in a very positive and very um, appreciative way as Christians to say, we're thankful. We're grateful for our faith. We're thankful for our church. We're thankful for all the good things we have. And we just we just want to share that with people and let them see see the good because we do have good news. In fact, we have great news. And why wouldn't we want to share that great news with people that we know, we know and that we care for? So top on my list is, of course, my family. And this new ministry is something that's uh, it's consuming a lot of my time and my effort, but I find that, that I love it. It's a great thing. So those are probably be the top two here uh, here today.
0: That's right. That's great. It's great to always sort of offer those up, uh, offer that to, to God so that He can shine down and show us, you know this is our health or you know a breakthrough for someone or a new job or all those things you know can really um, help us stay in that positive way and, and have an attitude of gratitude. It's great. Um, so I have another question. Tell me a little bit, uh, One uh, another one of our good habits is apostolic boldness. And if you had a piece of wisdom that you could share, especially with our younger listeners, especially with people maybe first careers or, um, you know, just, just starting out, getting their, their job, got a promotion recently or something like that what's a piece of wisdom that you would share with them that you wish kind of somebody would have shared with you or you would have figured it out earlier? So a little bit of wisdom.
1: Yeah, I mean, I go back to the great advice of uh, St. John Paul II, which is do not be afraid. You know, Just eliminate fear. The opposite of apostolic boldness is fear. If we're going to be bold, we can't move forward in fear, thinking that there'll be repercussions or we'll be treated negatively sometimes those things do happen we can't be naive about the fact that some people will react negatively but but that's okay we need to move forward in, in apostolic boldness never be afraid um, i've heard it said um that the bible says the word do not be afraid in one form or another 365 times i don't know if that's 100 percent true but it doesn't matter it says it a lot jesus said it a lot we find it in the psalms we find it in many of the books of the bible we don't need to be afraid because we have a God who loves us and cares for us and watches over us. And so I think if I look back early in my career, what held me back was was, was fear. It's not that I was necessarily afraid of any person. It was more I was afraid of, well, if I say that, it, it might impact my ability to move up. It might impact my ability to make friends at work. I might be ostracized. And the more I opened up about my faith, I realized. That's just not true. The more you open up about your faith, the more you realize there's a whole lot of other people around you who want to open up as well. And, and I'll be honest, as, as much as I'm a, a tried and true Catholic, and that's, that's where my heart and soul is, other faiths feel the same way as well. People who are people of faith understand that we need to be able to carry our faith as an integral part of who we are into the workplace, and we can't just hide it all the time. So this is this is what we're all about. Of course, we're leaning heavily toward the Catholic side and the Christian side, but you know we honor people of all faiths and recognize that faith in the workplace is a good place. We have is a good thing. We need to be able to bring our whole selves to work at all times, not just a part of ourselves. Especially when the part that we're hiding is the most important part, our faith.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thanks so much, and before we end the Innovation Podcast, we just wanted to give a quick reminder to our listeners that you can find tools, stories, and resources on our website, utgatwork.org, to help you share your faith in the workplace. You can also sign up to receive our podcasts and follow us on social media. I want to thank you, Deacon Mike, today for your words of wisdom and your inspiration. And it's given me a lot to think about and encouraged me. Uh, I hope that it's done that for our listeners as well. And finally, if you could be so kind as to finish our time together by offering us a prayer and a blessing.
1: I'd be happy to do so. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to serve you here in the vineyard that is the Archdiocese of Detroit, or for that matter, wherever we may be listening to this podcast. I ask your blessing on all those who tune in and all those who feel that there's a need to evangelize in the workplace, but maybe are a little bit afraid to, to get it done. We ask your blessing on Mary and myself as we carry forward this ministry of UTG at Work We're just getting started. We're trying to learn as we go as well. But, Father, we trust that you're going to lead us and guide us. And in a special way, we ask that you bless. Uh, all the places where people do work, that they are open to the message, that they're willing to embrace the idea that employees need to bring their full selves to work and, and they need to be open to whatever it is that the Holy Spirit asks of them as a corporation. We We are not alone, Father. We know that. We thank you for all the good that you have done for us. We thank you in gratitude for all that we have and we try not to be ungrateful for what we don't have. And Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless this podcast, this innovation podcast. This is our initial podcast. Please make them all a tool for for you and for the furthering of your will here on this earth and for the ability for all of us to go and make disciples. And the Lord be with you.
0: And with your spirit.
1: May Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life.
0: Thank you. Hopefully you can join us for the next uh, Unleash the Gospel at Work Innovation podcast. For more information, visit utg at work.org. Our Lady of Victory, pray for us.